When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 286 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvett. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's overtime loss to Wisconsin and discuss the team's last chance to go bowling in Friday's matchup with Iowa. We also talk to Nebraska assistant soccer coach Marty Everding. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at HuskerPod or email us at HuskerPod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Mike, did you see that I renamed our Twitter account? Justin, it seems that you're having a bit of an identity crisis today, <laughs> at least on social media. Yeah, first thing this morning, I changed it to the Husker Volleyball fan podcast. And then as the soccer team was just kicking butt this afternoon, I just changed it to Husker Volleyball and Soccer Fan Podcast because you know what? I want to talk about winners. It was so much fun this earlier this season. We were talking about wins. Yeah. This uh, like smash your face against the wall in frustration losses is not fun to talk about yeah i definitely picked up on more of a tone of frustration and uh man there was just some there was some negativity in some of the tweets i saw from you last night oh from me yeah like on my tweets I, what, what was it it was the one about like any goodwill that rule had curried is completely gone at this point and no, not goodwill. Optimism. Okay. I feel like he had a three-game win streak, and he really built some optimism. And then these last three games have all been so stinking winnable. Mm-hmm. And they they just they kind of regressed. And you know maybe they overperformed midseason, and we should not have got our hopes up. But the reality is, they. M- like we might, I don't know, we might be more miserable as a fan base right now because we got so close and then this like stuck at five games has been extended. Like that might might make us more miserable than to be stuck at like four losses, four wins and just being like, well, it's first, you know, it's the first season. He's got a ton of injuries. Like if you're sitting at three or four wins and in the past we've been, he's been one or two wins his first two, his first season. Like it's like wow this is this is really rough but uh, you know he's resetting he's starting over and uh, he's got a track record so you know this this stinks but uh, nowhere to go but up but instead we've been on the cusp of breaking this bowl bowlless streak and just choking just choking and mm-hmm. it just it it makes me angry <laughs> it makes me angry and I think it makes a lot of people angry yeah. Well, I'm just coming back to, uh, what was it, after the Purdue game, I remember 
you and I were texting about our plans for what we were going to do leading up to the bowl game. I was so sure of right. it because I'm looking at the remainder of the schedule. And I'm saying, surely one of these last four games will be a win, if not the very next game. But then three games in a row losing by one score or less. Three games in a row. And just where teams snap their losing streak against us. Michigan State had lost six before they beat us. Maryland had lost, what was it, four before they beat us? And then Wisconsin, I guess it was less than that. It was like two or three games. But still, we gave them their bowl eligibility yesterday. Right. And also Northwestern got bowl eligible with their new coach. Yeah. Uh, who we beat. Um, so, yeah, I th- th- we've had this broken down offense for the whole season with uh, losing wide receivers up front, losing running backs at the beginning of the season. But it just, yeah, you look at the Northwestern game and uh, the Purdue game, and we had big pass plays in each of those games. And we have not had a significant pass play like that since, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of it. Like, because you look at you look at the losses we've had this year. Minnesota, we scored ten points. Colorado scored fourteen points. Seven points against Michigan. Seventeen points against Michigan State. Ten points against Maryland. Seventeen points, including being shut out in overtime last night. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not. It's just really poor. Yeah. And then, of course, the defense, early in the season, I remember we were talking about how um, on third and long they kept getting out of it. And I feel like in the middle of the season, the middle third, they were really good about that. But they were also facing really bad offenses. And now here in the back third, that has collapsed again. And, And you saw like three, two third and longs in overtime, and we couldn't get off the field. Yeah. So it's not ju- – and then the, spe- the special teams were just atrocious. Yeah. What I mean, on you know, earth? Kicking to make a field goal to go into overtime instead of kicking to make a field goal t- to win. Mm-hmm. So for better or worse, <laughs> we, we received an email this week, Justin. <laughs> and I think, I think it actually can provide us a good uh, roadmap for our discussion here. So this comes from our friend and listener, Kyle S., Um, I'll just go ahead and read it verbatim. He says, Mike and Justin, I hope you're both doing well. I've been listening to this podcast for about a year and have always enjoyed the mix of football and whatever random content comes up. In light of the loss to Wisconsin last night, I wanted to ask just three questions. One, what chance does Nebraska have of getting to a bowl game this year given their masterful choking away of games they should have won? Uh, two, if Nebraska loses to Iowa this year, is it time for a couple heads to roll? I'm not on the, f- my, uh, excuse me, I'm not on the fire Matt rule train, but maybe Satterfield at least. And finally, three, is Nebraska football cursed? Why or why not? If so, <laughs> what do we need to do to break the curse? <laughs> so first off, thank you, Kyle, for the email. Um, so let's just listening. go. Through, yeah, let's go through this uh, one by one here. So, what chance does Nebraska have of getting to a bowl game this year? Um, my immediate knee jerk is: I think we're losing on Friday, Justin. I hate saying yeah. that, but that's the yeah, way I feel. I feel like 
less than 50% chance to win this game. I mean, mm-hmm. they you just look at the matchups. They've got a great defense. We've got a pretty good defense. Um, their special teams are exceptional. Ours have not been good. They've not been good enough. And they it's, that is really frustrating. Um, and then their offense is not awesome. But you know what? They know what they're doing, and they have an identity. And, and their offense isn't going to hang their defense out to dry, whereas Satterfield um, does not. Um, I mean, we... We had a really great running attack for a lot of the first half of the game last week, last night. And in overtime, like, did we, we didn't even attempt one straight ahead run. We just went lateral with that yeah, option. There was an option which went backwards. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I'm, I am skeptical that we're going to a bowl. Sorry, this is kind of a negative episode. I feel yeah. bad. No, well, you I started, you started me out by saying, why are you angry? <laughs> I wanted to talk about the volleyball team winning and the soccer team well, winning. Well, sure, but we are the Nebraska football fan podcast, so sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, I I hate to say it, but like, dude, I'm looking at the forecast for Friday. Um, I think this game has a potential to be really poorly attended, if you ask me. What's the forecast? Oh, they're they're talking like snow, like not good weather for the first time here in Omaha, Lincoln, this this eastern oh. Nebraska area. They're they're saying it's going to be cold, it's going to be windy, it will be the first potential significant snowfall that we get. Um, I could see a lot of people looking at the forecast and being like, uh, I don't think we're going to win anyway. Let's just stay home and watch the game at home. You know, like I think that there's a real potential for the the stadium to be pretty bare on Friday. Note to listeners, the forecast has been updated and local meteorologists are no longer predicting snow on Friday. Go to the game. And and to be frank, you and I, our confidence in the team is at a pretty pretty uh i'd say this it's at the lowest point it's been all season so if if you and i feel that way what about everybody else yeah it was pretty low after michigan and in colorado again i feel like i feel i i i can't help but wonder if we're more disappointed because we did have some of that success in the middle third of the season well what have we always um, said? We want to see this team improve as the year goes on. And if you end up dropping the last four games, the entire last month of football is nothing but losing and losing in embarrassing fashion. Like, it's just not a good look. I remember, I can't remember if we if I said this out loud or maybe I thought it was too negative, so I only thought it. But when we were sitting there at what, five, were we five and three? Um. Yeah. And now we're five and six, five and six. Yeah. yeah. And just to say uh, w- with as much negative or as much positive momentum as we have, and you're like, we could win this next one. They're going to be bowl eligible, but it could go the other way. You know, it could mm-hmm. be a losing streak and man, that would be toxic. And here we are. <laughs> I Did still I say remember... that or is that for some I've said that? Yeah, I remember after the the Purdue game being all like, hey, I want people to remember this so I can go pull the quote once we win out, but we're going to win out. (laughs) We did not win out. 
Um, so to the second part of that question about heads rolling. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think? The next question. Okay. Here, here's my thing. I understand rule and what he said recently, I think within the last couple of weeks talking about like, I don't want to blame any specific coach. We're still trying to build something, this, that, and the other. But I, I feel like, like I was just saying, if you're going to lose the, the last four games, if the last month of season one is going backwards, I, I don't see how he can justify not making some changes in, in some way. Um, uh, so I, I have been really hesitant to hop on the fire Satterfield train. Cause I've, I've heard people saying that at least for the last three, four weeks at this point. Um, and it, it just keeps getting louder and louder. Um, I think I'd, I would be okay with with trying somebody else in that position next year if if we can't get it done against Iowa. Well, I think you might think that, but I don't think Rule thinks that. I think my guess is he, again, he's this is his third time flipping a roster, flipping a team, and I don't know how he handled his coaching staffs, but I'm guessing that he has not fired many people in those first three years at each stop. Mm. I'm guessing he's saying, look, we're building, we're building a culture and, um, and, and I'm going to just stick with the guys that I've got. It was notable when he was making his hires and we got Satterfield from South Carolina, that South Carolina was like, great. Like all their fans were like, great. That's awesome. Please take him. Um, they were really happy to see him go. Mm. Also, I don't know whose idea it was to go get Sims, but that was another one where, at least on social media, hearing from other fan paces, they were like, cool, yeah, you could have him, sure, that yeah. take him. Like, they were not, Georgia. was it Georgia Tech where he came from? I think so, yeah. Like, he was turnover prone there, too. So, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to assume that was Sims, like, or uh, that was Satterfield because he's the quarterback's coach. I'm gonna assume that was his call, his decision. But I'm, you know, he doesn't do anything without rules blessing. Um, so those were two things right up front that I think we've all kind of had in the back of our minds. Like uh, we were warned. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, I don't, I don't think Rule fires anybody. I think he keeps rolling with his staff, and they better th- go get a good quarterback or two. Yeah, I think that's the most likely scenario. I'm just nervous. Are we going to find ourselves in another situation where Frost, you know, I just think of Frost and how he kept his guys around for a while when he probably should have been making changes, but we gave him such a long leash because a lot of the same talk was like, oh, well, we need to give him time to figure things out and he's got a plan and this, that. Man, I'm sorry if we find ourselves in a similar situation next year, like cut the man halfway through the season. (laughs) seriously sims has been a bust and but he also got hurt and then harburg you know was lined up as a tight end or h back in the first couple games of the season so i don't know that they thought he was going to be a big contributor so they've had to grow on the fly and then you know chubble great yesterday for parts of the game but he's also been injured a lot of the season he's got some got some groin issue and i and i guess they might even need to do surgery after the season's over. So 
we we do have to acknowledge that it's not an ideal situation um but uh i just don't think you it just hasn't felt like you've seen growth from harburg yeah and uh, i i do feel like you've seen growth from some of the wide receivers uh i feel like you've seen growth some growth on the offensive line i just get real frustrated with with play calling and i feel like that's just an evergreen podcast you know fan comment like the play calling but um do you want to talk about like the end of the game sequence as compared to last week because i know you tweeted a bunch about that and then (laughs) yeah a bunch of flack for it yeah i ended up deleting that tweet just just, like not because i didn't stand by my comments i was just like i am i don't want to deal with people replying to this tweet for the next week about how i'm wrong because man people were quick to tell me i was wrong (laughs) so i was the one uh if you follow us on twitter i was the one who said man Y'all are upset with Rule, but he did exactly what you were saying he should have done last week. And then people really jumped on me using the word exactly. Didn't help that I put it in all caps. But last week, yes, the situation was different. At that point, we were playing for the win, and uh, a field goal still would have given us the lead at that point in the game. But everybody was upset that we kept going for it in the sense of we were trying to keep the drive going and take shots at the end zone. And when we did, uh, Purdy ended up throwing an interception. It was Purdy who threw that interception last week. And so then yesterday, what happens? We drive down the field. There's enough time with the three timeouts that we could continue taking shots at the end zone. But what happens is... For whatever reason, I I did not I was unable to check any of the um, post game press conferences or anything like this, so I don't know what kind of explanation was given. But it seemed like it was very much intentional that they let the clock run out and they just took the field goal because they were saying, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna go for overtime instead of try to win the thing right now. Um. Yeah, I think that was his 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 strategy. Yeah, and and so it, it it for me it definitely felt like, especially seeing the way people reacted to that situation, it felt very much like people were screaming at Rule for playing it safe, whereas last week they were screaming at Rule that he should have played it safe. Um, that's where I was kind of picking up on like, well, there's no pleasing the fans (laughs) in that sense. Well, that's true. Whatever the coach decides to do, um, especially if we end up losing, it's man, he should have done X instead of Y. Well, what if we won in overtime? What if we won? Suddenly people are saying the last time we won in overtime. Do you, do you remember? It's at least been uh, since last time we- uh, since Riley. He he. We didn't have any wins in overtime under him. No, I think it was uh, Bo at Iowa. Good grief! I don't even. He know might have gotten fired was. right after that. I think it was his last game. Oh really? Tommy Armstrong to Kenny Bell. Oh gosh! Along the sideline in overtime. Nine wins. Jeez. Yeah, I remember when it, when I remember when overtime started, and uh, you know ninety seven with the the flea kicker was maybe our first overtime game, one of them if not the first. And there was a stretch there. Of course, we won most of our games at that time, but there was a stretch there where we were 
we had a great winning percentage in overtime and uh and we have not won i think the stat i don't i haven't looked at it recently but uh, I feel like last time we played in an overtime game and lost that the stat was shared that we haven't even gained yards <laughs> in overtime. Jeez. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. You're you're right. It was on Sports Illustrated. They said the Huskers' last win in overtime came in 2014 at Iowa in Bo Pelini's final game as head coach. So there you go. Sheesh. So that that does raise the question of. <laughs> Are we cursed? Is Nebraska football cursed? Uh, I don't think so. But I I do think that, oh my gosh, like we've used this analogy before. It's like Rule is coming in and he's trying to turn the cruise ship, you know? But like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, the last guy who came in was also trying to do that. And he made modifications <laughs> to the ship that had made it start sinking. And the guy, Structurally before unsound. that, you know, like, it's just like it, it, <laughs> the last three people who were brought in were supposed to move the ship in a new direction and fix it. And they keep the, uh, it's taken on water more and more with each new head coach. And so now, and, and rule didn't realize this is actually water world. There's no more <laughs> land to go to. And so he thought he was trying to find a port. But in reality, there's just bandits out there that are kind of trying to steal his fresh water. Something like that. Good grief. But yeah, it, it's just, <laughs> we've got, I don't think we're cursed. I just think Rule has a monumental task to try to turn this thing around. And uh, we're just getting a... a extra dose of reality these last few weeks that this is not going to be pretty um but i'll tell you what man i'll tell you what if we're in the same exact position next year i do not have the same patience that i was willing to give riley or frost like there better be observable improvement by next year Especially when the athletic director's salary just doubled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Trev. Did you know that? I did. I, I saw that. That's very interesting. Well, you got, I mean, you got to take in inflation into account, right? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, sure. Anyway, I muted it to blow my nose. So this is well, the first time you're hearing. Thanks the for the the email, Kyle. Um, but uh, what do we? Well, I mean, what do we need to break the curse? I think you know. We just need to, for better or worse, we got to ride this out. Um, do we have to throw like a tofu uh, person into a volcano? <laughs> because uh, the vol- the volcano god that we worship is lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah i'll do it there's a niche reference for y'all boom i tell you what it, it, listen people i think i still have uh, a runza coupon for a free meal if somebody if somebody can tell me what we just referenced i'm not even telling you where what world this is coming from whether it's a movie or a tv show or a book or or whatever um, if you know where 
throwing a tofu <laughs> a tofu man into a volcano to appease a lactose intolerant volcano god. If you know where that comes from, send us a message, Twitter, email, wherever, and uh, I'll send you that coupon for a free meal. Don't, but don't Google it because that's cheating. I wonder if it. This shows is the honor up. system. Yeah. I'm sure. Do you still have? You really still have a coupon? I think so. Okay, I just googled. I'm googling it now. We... Oh yeah, it'll come up first thing if you type in tofu lactose intolerant volcano god. So no cheating, honor system, folks. <laughs> and if you're just curious, you can go ahead and Google it and then watch that first uh, first link that comes up on YouTube, <laughs> and then you'll understand what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, you uh, you know what I did on uh, Friday? I got to go with a friend to the volleyball game. Oh, I bet that's a lot more fun than going to a football game these days. It was so much more fun, and uh, it was the it was the game where with at the same time Wisconsin lost to Purdue. Mm. And so I, I did you, I don't know if you saw my picture that I tweeted of a bunch of people like streaming that game in the Devaney center. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then when they won or when Wisconsin lost, rather they posted up on the board and everybody started cheering. And I think the players were kind of like, what's going on? But yeah, it was really fun. Also the sound system was broken oh, <laughs> for no. a while. And so the pet band had to play the, uh, national anthem. And they didn't announce the players, and they weren't announcing the plays as they went for at least a half of the, I think the whole first set. It was very strange. So it just, just kind of felt like, like we, you were going to like an intramural game or something. I was going to say it felt like a high school game, but no, yeah, high school game, they'd have all that. So yeah, you, hmm. you, intramural is, that's the, that's the next level, yeah. I, I, my thought was, we can put a man on the moon, <laughs> and we can't fix this sound system? Come on. It's really funny how often, like, people just neglect sound stuff, but whatever. (laughs) I would love to know. I'm sure it was very complicated, and a team of people, I hope it was a team and not one person, were scrambling and working very hard. Woo! But that was really fun. Yeah. It makes me think back to, like, what was it? We went to a spring game one time, and... They, they had a wireless microphone that kept cutting out, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> think of all the millions of dollars that get poured into the stadium, and then they don't have a strong signal for their wireless microphone that they're trying to use. Speaking of strong signal, the fan wireless network in Devaney is way better than Memorial Stadium. Obviously, you've got oh. a lot fewer people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you... What's the, how do you say the opposite? Of, there, there's 10 times more people in the football stadium. We'll say it that way. What, sure. How would you say it the other way? 10 times fewer. The, 10 know. times fewer? But isn't it 10 divisions fewer? I hear what you're saying, but... 10 times fewer. I just can't bring myself to say it. <laughs> Is that a non sequitur? No, I mean, it's like you're multiplying an inverted uh, fraction, right? Because division is just multiplication turned upside down. Huh. <laughs> this is going to be a philosophical or something. I'm reading I'm reading or listening to a really interesting book, Mike. It okay. is 37 hours long. Oh wow. It's a biography. That's a commitment. Of, 
Yeah, it's a, a biography of Ernesto Che Guevara. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, I think, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but in grad school, I got to go to Bolivia uh, on a, a trip, and we spent a semester prepping. This is for my master's in journalism. We, we spent a semester prepping the stories and ta- you know making contacts with sources, and then we spent two weeks, two and a half weeks down there, and we went and talked to the sources all over the country. And, and then we spent the following semester writing the stories and putting together this really amazing magazine that I'm really proud of. It was one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of. Hmm. And one of my friends, who was another grad student, um, went to talk to, well, let me back up. Did you know that Che Guevara, the South American, Latin American freedom fighter, was killed in Bolivia, of all places? I did not. Um, and uh, and so my, my buddy went and inter- went to this place where he was killed. And I think he interviewed the guy who killed Che and uh, and wrote a really big story about it. It was really fascinating. And uh, I recently was just looking for books to read on the, the library app. And I came across The Motorcycle Diaries, which is Che's by a diary of when he was as a young, like early 20s guy. He and his buddy rode their motorcycle around parts of South America just to see things and see the world and whatnot. And it, he seems so like footloose and fancy free and kind of a upper middle class kid. Like he was a medical student at that time, a recent grad. And, and I'm just watching this or it was, it was made into a movie when we were maybe in college and I was, but I was listening to this. I'm thinking, how does this guy become like a, a murdering, you know, like guerrilla fighting freedom fighter. Like I don't get it. And mm. so that's what I'm listening. I'm, and I'm, six hours into the 37 hour and I, and I just keep waiting for a moment and be like oh okay that's what happened. It hasn't happened yet I mean like you could you could read his Wikipedia page Mike I don't want to read the <laughs> Wikipedia page <laughs> and even that I don't I mean you can I'm read it kidding. you tell me if if you're like oh that's how he resorted to violence as you yeah. know, someone who was a doctor like right. I just I don't know feels like there might be something. I don't know. I feel like I'm searching for an answer to a question. Sure. In society or something. Mm. So anyway, that's what I'm listening to right now. Right on. Anything else you want to talk about with the football game? Well, I don't not... really want to talk about it anymore. This is the first game where I haven't listened to post game comments, and I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably check some stuff out on Monday. Uh, we record this on Sunday night most of the time, so by the time you hear this we will have listened to those things but uh yeah no trouble looked good i'm i mean i'm happy for him that he's able to go out there and contribute and have a mm-hmm. good a good outing and he's fast and i don't know how injured he was and how much better he is now but it's great to see him performing and um being at, way more accurate than the other two guys mm-hmm but uh, then that does leave us with uh, the Iowa game on Friday. Yeah, I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about that. I'll ju- I'll just share yeah. as I have with every other game so far this season. Uh, ESPN's analytics gives Iowa the edge, unsurprisingly, sixty-one point one percent, which is actually not as big of an advantage as I expected. I I figured it'd probably be seventy-five pushing eighty. You know, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we got a chance. That that's the thing. That's that's the real hard thing about this week. For all the negativity, 
that you and I <laughs> have just kind of put out into the world through the first Sorry, half folks. hour of this podcast, this is still a winnable game. This is still a game that this team can show up for and surprise everybody and win. We think about the way that the Wisconsin game started, and it's kind of like how the Iowa game started last year. The difference is we had one more big play last year. Because mm-hmm. did what did we have? What, was it like twenty four to seventeen? Was the final score? I'm just um, oh man, I'm on it, my phone. It's a world tonight. away for me. <laughs> yeah, it. But it's. But I'm just saying, like, if we could have, if we could have had one more big play last night, I mean. You, I'm not nearly so dour, and uh, you know the world is our oyster here. Um, it's uh, that maybe that I remember early when we were uh, recapping the first couple games, I com- commenting on not a lot of big plays, and maybe that's the underreported factor here is just we just need big plays. It's a nickel and dime offense that needs. Or it's a single and double offense, and you need a couple home runs. Mm-hmm. And we had one home run with Chuba last night, and we needed, you know, we needed one more. Or we needed, yeah, we needed to hit that field goal or get it on fourth and two. Here's what I want to point out about this game. Iowa was losing to Illinois with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Iowa was losing to Illinois with five minutes in the fourth quarter this week. We can beat this team. <laughs> hmm. We can beat Iowa. We yeah, can. I will. They just like... Yeah, no, we can. This is a real... I mean, I, I feel like this is what's going to make or... I mean, this really... It comes down to this. This makes or breaks the season, in my opinion, for this team. I think that if Nebraska can I, beat I Iowa... I don't think that... I don't think that's unreasonable. I Yeah, I think that if Nebraska can beat Iowa, the team and the fan base can all say, okay... This really is a step forward from where we've been. Um, well, like just th- the value, the value of all those extra practices. Mm-hmm. It's just priceless. It's just priceless. Yeah. I'm I'm really hoping that Iowa is resting on their laurels this week because yeah. Yeah. they're thinking we're the Big West, the Big Ten West champs. We've got it locked down. We're riding high on all the success we've had, and they're not even thinking about Nebraska because look what Nebraska's done the last few weeks. We don't have to worry about them at all. Let's just get this game over and done with, and we can enjoy the rest of our holiday weekend, right? Well, that that's actually a really good point. You want to look at motivations? Uh-huh. What motivation does Iowa have? They Like you talk about, oh, they're only playing for pride, but what is Iowa playing for other than pride? Like, you know, maybe a better bowl game. They literally won the division. They, you know, of course they want to win because, you know, they want to win. But at, at their core, they've got one of their main goals for the year mm-hmm. achieved. And, um, you know, they hate us and want to beat us, yada, yada, yada. But, like, we're desperate here. And uh, so that could make us hungrier. It could also make us more erratic. And, you know, the pressure could cause us to choke, whereas they'll be so relaxed that, <laughs> you know, so that could cut both ways. But, or maybe maybe they're resting all their first string guys this week, you know? 
Maybe they put in all the second string guys, give them a chance, all the walk-ons. I'd be curious to see if it, you know, maybe it takes a postseason deep dive by a reporter or some coach getting really reflective, but what's, what's the story of this defense? I mean, we've always known it was, we've known since early on that it was a solid defense and they just were lights out middle of the season. And, and in the back third here, it's just been a tale of thirds. That first three games, um, you know, the offense fell apart at at Colorado. But the defense was really good. And I think the collective response there was, well, the defense got bailed or failed by the offense. Um, so the first third, the defense was great. And then the second third, you, you start off with the just absolute gut punch in the blazing fall heat with Michigan, but then you go on these three, three game win streak. And now the back third is, is a little bit of a swoon against maybe, maybe not bad, but rather mediocre opponents. So I don't, I just, what's going on? Why are we not getting the, the stops that we were getting? Why are, why are teams that were not going to a bowls, but now are, we're on losing streaks. Why are they winning? What? Yeah. What's the deal? I still, I still want to know, if somebody can look this up for me, I still want to know what the conversion rate is for our opponents when they have third and more than 10. Because I cannot tell you how often we've had third and long situations and sometimes egregiously long situations where a team needs 16 yards and they get 17. A team needs 10 yards and they get 20, <laughs> right? Like how often... Do we have a team backed up on third down and they just like, they're like, hey, let's give them 20 yards of cushion. What are you doing? And it's, it's been that way for the last three coaches. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's, that's probably yeah, the most it, frustrating thing for me is when we have somebody pinned back at third and long in their own territory, they, they find a way. Ugh. I really wonder what people are going to think of this episode. <laughs> it's a little sour. We're sorry, guys. We still love this team. We're just, uh, this is just raw tonight. Is You're getting real emotion, real reaction from, from me and Justin. It is what it is. I, I'll say this much, though. I still have confidence in rule. I, I think he's the right yeah. guy for the job. I still think he is. I'm not. Uh, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, that is that is secure for me at this point. I'm not worried about the big picture, the long term with rule. Um, but like I said, uh, if we're in the same position next year, I will not. I will not have the same confidence at this point. <laughs> I'm still confident in rule. I think he was a good hire for our situation. I think he's a culture builder and he's going to be bringing in talent and developing younger guys. And it takes a little while. Uh, at the same time, I do feel like this back third has, is just nibbled away at the edges of a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's basically the difference between going to the off season uh, on a high note or a low note is basically the difference. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, with recency bias, you know, it's a thing. You, you were affected by what happened most recently. And that's so, yeah, a win would be – a win Friday would be huge for the program, for the state, for the team. A win 
would really mean a lot. Yeah. So that's Nebraska football. Speaking of wins and recency bias, let's talk about Nebraska football. And I don't mean the American football. Hey-oh. Get, get it? Soccer? I, honestly, I was like, oh, did he mean to say that? So, yeah, well played, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. No, we, uh, we're we really excited to uh, to have an interview here with the women's assistant soccer coach, Marty Everding. Marty's got a focus on goalies uh, on the team and has been with the team for a really long time and uh, is also a good friend of mine. And I am really excited to have him on the show uh, in the aftermath of a Sweet 16 victory, 4-0 over UC Irvine on a cold, rainy afternoon. And uh, now we go on to the Elite Eight, which is the best. This program has been to the Elite Eight before. We've never been beyond it, so we've kind of reached with the team. We've reached the pinnacle here and really excited to see if they can keep keep the winning streak going. So um, with that, I'm going to go get Marty. We are excited to have Marty Everding on the phone here. Marty is the assistant coach uh, for the Husker women's soccer team, and the Husker women's soccer team is on a roll here in the Elite Eight. Congratulations, Marty. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. So you are speaking to uh, an audience that likes American football and Mm -hmm. doesn't really know much about soccer, I would imagine. However, I I suspect our audience loves Nebraska sports and has probably tuned in a little bit as you guys have been on a roll. can you tell us a little bit about your team? Yeah, yeah, they're a, they're they're a team that uh, just continues to mature. You know, uh, we had a good team last year, and so you take those same people for the most part, and they just keep growing and developing and growing and developing. And uh, you know, John has uh, you know one of his signatures is is player development, and uh, that's long been the signature of Nebraska soccer. And so when you have people who have you know they're good athletes uh they're good learners they're good teammates um when you have that you know you just get development and then and then you avoid injuries and so it's been Mm. a very healthy year this year too uh so we've just got a a wiser more mature team and they're yeah they're just firing on a lot of cylinders right now that's translated to conference championship and um and this is now the deepest you guys i think you you told me you've been to the elite eight before but never beyond it right that's right. Yeah. So you've matched kind of a program high here. Yeah. Yeah. On, on, on paper, you know, I think it was 96 and 99 that we were there in the elite eight the last time. And so it's been a while. What, what did, so you talked about development and, and, and health, I suppose will probably maybe a little bit of luck. What, what sets this team this year apart from say last year, like how have they improved to be able to go this far and be this successful? Yeah, there's been a there's been a a, a level of consistency. Um, you, you know, last year we had a couple of losses that 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 kept us out of the tournament. Uh, although we, you know, for the most part we were developing and getting stronger uh, all the way through last year, uh, and and really one win away from making the tournament. So I, it's not like we weren't a tournament mm-hmm. quality team last year. Um, we we had just dug a little bit of a hole earlier in the season that we couldn't get out of completely. And, and this year we have, um, you know, avoided those those uh, those bad RPI results. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, you know, getting into the tournament also has to do with timing. And so we've just done we've just done well. We're winning, you know, winning and uh, at a good time in the season. Like if you you know if you have a, a bit of a 
a game that's not so good, if you do that at the front end of the season, that's a whole lot better than doing it at the back end. And so we've done that. And, and all of our losses have been, you know, quote, good losses. You know, oh, yeah. so you have Penn State at their place and they're, they're in the Elite Eight again. And uh, so you have that. And you have, uh, you know, Wisconsin in the, the semifinal, the Big Ten. And, you know, and they're, they're, they were a high RPI team at the time as well. And then you had St. Louis, who just barely bowed out at the, the round of, of 16. And so, you know, those are your, those are your losses. And so they're, they're what you call good losses. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Well, it helps to have the nation's leading score on your team. And I think as of yesterday, the all single season goal leader for the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's a big thing, you know. That it's a big thing that uh, I think Eleanor now has twenty eight goals, and so she's two ahead of the the next person. But that next person, her team is now done. Oh, um, so so that yeah, it really helps that you can you know you have someone who's finishing well, and 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 of course it helps too that you know you've got two strikers who are firing at a high level. Um, you know, Sarah Sarah Weber has scored I think fifteen, so you got L at twenty eight and Sarah at fifteen. So in terms of um, teams having to deal with that two-pronged problem, it's a whole lot harder than if you just have one person that you're trying to shut down. Uh, so it's that. But then it's also things like, you know, just the, the quality of the services getting into the box. Because if, you know, if, if an attacker doesn't get the balls that they need, they don't score. And so it, uh, it has also to do with other players, you know, whether it's Jordan Zaid firing crosses in on the one side or, or Gwen Lane and, Al Gayot, um, you know, sending in crosses from the other or or from the middle balls from Flo Bazile, who, you know, I think she's number two in the country in terms of assists. Hmm. So all of these things have to be happening for the, the net effect of goals getting put into the net. Or Abby Schwartz, you know, again, yesterday was a great example of her too, just just sending in these difficult, difficult balls for people like Al and, and Sarah to get on the end of. So, yeah, it's been very much a comprehensive thing. So forgive me. I don't know who your next match is against and when. What what's where does the Elite Eight take? Is are you into a one location for the final games or is it? Yeah, yeah, one location. So it's just a Elite Eight at Stanford. So we're oh. we'll be at Palo Alto um, tentatively right now. It looks like it's Friday two o'clock um, okay. Pacific time. So uh, we we have yet to get confirmation on that. Uh, we'll get that probably today. Do you know your opponent? It'll be Stanford. Oh, it would be Stanford. Yeah. I'm, and then, sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you meant that all the games were at Stanford from here on out. Is it oh, no. so Final Four in one place or where? Yeah, was... final, final Four is in Cary, North Carolina. That would be the following Thursday, Sunday. Okay, man. East to west there, potentially. Yeah. Stanford yeah. to Cary. That's cool. Um, has Did you have a good turnout in the stands at Hibner on Sunday? Yeah, it was good. It wasn't, you know, it's not quite like, uh, it's not quite like, um, the night games, I think the night games draw people uh, more than the day game. And the weather, you know, it's was spitting just a little bit. But I think we were 1,700. So we still had a big, you know, yeah. our stands hold 16. And so, oh. you know, you've got, it, you, it, those are good numbers. Yeah, 17 something. Well, I saw it was spitting out in gray. And I saw that the opponent was from Southern California. So I was right. just like, bring it on, make it miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I got to, I did come out to a, your exhibition earlier this season with my kids and I ended up standing back in the corner by the playground the whole time, yeah. but there was yeah. not a bad spot in the stadium to watch. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It is. Yeah. Very attractive. How long have you been in there? Uh, 15, 2015 is when we first got there. So this is season 
eight or nine? Well, um, what, uh, gosh, you, how do you, how do you know, do you know anything about Stanford at this point? I know you just, just probably found this out yesterday. Yeah, just that they're really good. I mean, they, they played after us last night. And so, you know, we were watching, um, well, we were watching a little bit of the game because Mississippi state was the opponent and had Mississippi state won, then we would have hosted this wow. game. And so, you know, you think, okay, I mean, they're both obviously really good teams. Um, but Stanford has historically been a, a real power there. I think they're going, they've got three national champions already or national championships in soccer. Um, and this year they haven't lost, you know, they've tied four times and they've won 16 times. So they're a, they're a true, they're a true top team with a lot of, a lot of horsepower and a lot of technically gifted players and a lot of self-belief. And so, yeah, they're, they're very good. Was that game close? The Stanford game? Oh Yeah. Yeah, it was one nothing. Oh one man, nothing. we we haven't you know I haven't digested it to to look because obviously the a score line or a box score can be really misleading. Yeah, and um, uh, but from what I was glimpsing, you know, uh, it could have been more than one. Huh? Yeah, it would have been real nice to have the folks from Palo Alto come out to Lincoln in November. Or Mississippi, for that matter. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. out the window right now and thinking I'm not comfortable in this if I'm from California. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, congratulations again on the amazing season. It's still ongoing. I hope that uh, – I wish you guys all the best. Are, are you healthy leading into this game, or is everybody in good yeah, shape? Yeah, so, so far, I mean, from yesterday, there was nothing. Um, um, you know, Eleanor got some stitches on Thursday. Oh, really? Uh, when she got into a collision. and uh, Ouch. And, but there was no – you know, there was nothing beyond that. So as far as I understand, I haven't heard from the trainer. But um, as far as I know, we're all healthy to go, yeah. Fantastic. Well, best of luck to you guys, and we'll be following along. It's been fun to follow this season, and uh, a great team, good staff. You guys have been together for a long time. So Yeah, we have. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, go Big Red. All right. Thanks again to Coach Everding, and uh, go Big Red. Go Go women's soccer team. Let's keep the winning going. Yep. So I guess uh, everybody, you need to update your your contacts for the Husker pod. We are no longer the Husker football fan podcast, but we are the Husker football, volleyball, and soccer podcast, at least until the football team starts winning games again. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll change it back tomorrow. <laughs> I think we probably should. <laughs> I changed it, and literally like five minutes later, a friend texted me. He's like, wait, are you really going to talk about volleyball? And I was like, I, I I, mean, I was just frustrated. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> it is it is fun to see the team win. I mean, this is, sure. a, this is a generational talent team. This is amazing. Do you, remember the, do you remember the time that on April 1st, I changed us to the, the J-Skers podcast? <laughs> that was really good. Some people got really mad. You did a good job with that one. Maybe we should do it again. Like people who who listen to the podcast will know, but like if we just do it on April first on Twitter, we're we're still gonna get a lot of organic. Like, what the heck? What is this garbage? What's going on? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Right. Maybe we could do a a UNO a UNO football podcast. The Maverick. Hockey podcast. 
No, no, no. They're the football. It'll be a post-mortem. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the football team? We do, too. This week. Remember um, the football team that I never went to go see when I was a student? Oh, no. Maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know hockey, right. though, man. I bet there's a podcast for that somewhere. Probably. Have you ever been to a game? I actually haven't. <laughs> I think I've been to one. I know that it's very popular, though. Yeah, no, they're fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well... I do apologize to listeners for being kind of negative there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Justin. Do you intend to attend the game on Friday? Of course. Awesome. I'll be there, I'll be there the it. whole time. Through all That's kinds of weather. That's why I get weather. so frustrated. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm committed. You know, like mm-hmm. it's part of my life. Right. If, if my child was doing like really terrible things to me and ripping my heart out, like I would be upset because I care. <laughs> I'm committed. Oh, speaking of child ripping heart out, uh, just wanted to make sure you saw my my uh, tweet about how my sweet nine year old daughter's like, oh. Daddy, what's a bowl game? Yeah, yep. I thought you were gonna make some kind of a Temple of Doom reference when you're talking about ripping a heart out. No, <laughs> we were talking about it again this morning though, and because they went to bed before the game was over mm. and they're like, so did we win? I was like, no, we lost. And then, uh, I can't remember how it came up. I think one, one of the kids was like the volleyball team's like the best volleyball team right there. Like, yeah, they, they are undefeated. They're the only volleyball, you know, they're the only undefeated college volleyball team. They are the best right now. And then we were talking about football and I was like, actually, when I was your age, the, the football team was like the best, like they never lost. And they were the, the best probably college football team in the world <laughs> because there's no other college football team right. <laughs> outside of this country. Uh, and they're like, Oh man. Then I heard my son telling someone else, like my, when my dad said they were the best in the world. <laughs> and then we talked about NFL versus college tonight because they didn't really understand the distinction. Ah, uh, that's nice. Yeah. Trying to keep it innocent. Yeah. Trying to keep it fun. Except for on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> You spill your guts on the podcast so that your kids don't have to carry that baggage for you. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. Hey, go Big Red, Mike. Go Big Red. Beat Iowa. Beat Iowa. Little Bowl. Bowl.